This episode of Angular Air is sponsored by Auth0, authentication made simple for developers. Modern authentication and identity can be hard, but Auth0 makes it easy. With Auth0, you can enable login with any social provider, have multi-factor authentication, single sign-on, and passwordless login all at the flip of a switch. Find out how to add authentication to your Angular 1 or 2 app in under 10 minutes at Auth0.com forward slash Angular. Welcome to Angular Air. Today is going to be a super exciting episode. We are talking about React Native in Angular 2, two huge worlds colliding. And for this, we have on an all-star panel, including Ari Lerner. Hello, from sunny Santa Barbara. And a special guest uh, today, uh, Michael Cox. Hello. Michael works with me at Get Human, uh, has a lot of React Native experience, so I brought him in to provide some extra commentary. And our special guest, uh, featured guest for today, is Mark Lavo. Mark, you want to say hi? Hello. Now, Mark has been working on a prototype of combining React Native and Angular 2, which is why we brought him to the show. So, Mark, why don't you start off giving us a little bit about your background and how you uh, got started in this project? Yes, so I'm Marc Laval from so I'm calling from France. So I hope you get used to you'll get used to my accent. Um, anyway, oh, with Olivier on the show. Um, hello, sorry. Uh, so I guess with Olivier on the show, it shouldn't be uh, too much of a, of a trouble for you. Um, so here in France, I work for a big IT company called Amadeus. Um, so it's Say big because we've got like uh, around one, uh, one, uh, 11,000 uh, employees in the world. Uh, and basically, we're doing creating IT for the travel industry. Uh, so, we've got different solutions from initial search to making a booking to pricing, ticketing, uh, managing reservations, uh, managing check in departure process. So, so we do a big system for uh, um, travel agencies, corporations, airlines, ground handlers, airports, um, car renter, uh, whatever um, actors in the in the travel industry. And as such, uh, we do. Uh, so we have many UIs being developed um, for many different products uh, on the web, B two C, B two B, mobile. Um, so many things, uh, and so as a as a big company, so my role here is to be um, so we member of one of what we call a framework team or core team uh, for UI. So where uh, we've been developing uh, in the past our own solutions to create uh, own frameworks to to create UIs, and um, and more recently, like in the past years, uh, we know kind of recommending uh, Angular and. Um, so we provide internally trainings, uh, recommendations, uh, starter kits so that you, uh, developers can really get started with Angular and, uh, and create awesome uh, web applications. And um, for more than a year, we've been also working directly with the Angular team. Uh, so thanks to one colleague of mine that you probably know, uh, Pavel Kozlowski, who is a good uh, Yes, he's well known in the Angular community. So he's working with me, like sitting next to me. So not right now; he's back <coughs> already back home. But um, so uh, thanks to him, we we started a kind of partnership with the Angular team, and so we've been working on, on Angular two for for more than a year now. Um, 
So about, uh, so that's it about me. Um, then about this project on, on React Native, so um, it's like trying to make tie together uh, Angular 2 and React Native. Um, it's true that in Amadeus, we've built already many applications. Um, and well, we were, we've been always hesitating between hybrid applications and pure native applications. So in some cases, um, yeah, yeah, hybrid was good enough. Uh, in some cases, some people tend to say that native is needed, really. Uh, so when I say hybrid, uh, I'm really thinking uh, like the Ionic approach uh, with Cordova or Bit with Ionic or any, any user framework. So, Wait, so sorry, just, that, just, Mark. So I understand you're saying that you guys were using hybrid before, or that you've always been doing native. We've been using both. Basically, we've got many different products. So in some cases, hybrid was fine. Uh, in some cases. Some applications have been written in, in, in hybrid and sometimes written again uh, in native because there was a need to be more, uh, maybe for more animations or maybe more performance. Uh, so we've been kind of exploring and doing both, uh, um, both, yeah, both approaches uh, in the company. Uh, and it's true that uh, with uh, React Native on native scripts, this kind of new in the middle approach where you can still use uh, JavaScript and, and web skills, let's say, JavaScript skills, but still uh, get performances uh, and get a real pure net, uh, yeah, native application is quite seducing. So it was also uh, interesting for us to, to explore this um, as a member of the core team. Then personally, I was also, I've always been interested in this topic. Uh, it used to be a long time ago, like uh, a long time, like not so long, but uh, I used to be a Java developer, like a J2E backend developer, and did also some Android native developments like five, six years ago. Uh, then followed this trend into hybrid application, did a lot of experiments and, and prototyping and, and even um, recommended uh, doing hybrid applications, uh, which led me to be part of this core team now where we do pure JavaScript framework things, so either our own solutions or, or more something around uh, Angular. <clears throat> and so all this together like led me to, to try this uh, React Native uh, thing. So do you guys use React Native with React as well, or was it just before you started your experiment that it was mostly just Angular? So today, hybrid? really, we don't have any project uh, using React Native. Uh, I mean, real implementation. It's more really like at the exploration phase. Uh, so I don't have. Uh, we don't have any internal project using uh, React Native or with React or with Angular too. So today, it's, it's more like proof of concept uh, exploration uh, phase. Then uh, if everything goes well, I will hope to be able to convince some, some projects, some teams to, to use it and to, to try to build an application with that. So it sounds like the motivation, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that you're saying that you guys had been using Angular for a while, mm -hmm. but that you have different needs and, and you have done 
uh, native like Android before or native probably iOS as well. Yeah, in different projects, yes. Yeah, so React Native uh, came out and you wanted to see as an experiment, mm -hmm. it sounds like, whether you could get it to work, basically. Yeah, okay, basically. And so React Native yeah, is very seducing and like, so we're quite committed in Angular too, and so it's true that being, if it's possible to make it work with together with Angular 2 uh, would be super nice. Uh, so there was last uh, last summer there was an internship um, by Scott Little, I think, uh, in the Angular team, who kind of did a first proof of concept of uh, Angular 2 plus React Native, um, which was working but was really very basic, let's say. Um, and um, and so myself, like uh, end of last year, was kind of playing with uh, the renderer side of Angular 2, like trying to imagine what could be done with this, because um, it's very interesting architecture. So we can really render to anything. Uh, was doing something like you can even render to a text if you want to do a Markdown renderer, for example. You write some templates. In, some syntax, and then you output some some markdown. So this is possible with Angular too. So you can really render to anything. And we are thinking like, yeah, we could render to Canvas or WebGL. Or, so we could have crazy ideas around that. But um, at the same time, um, so React Native became um, also, I think, yeah, React Native for Android was released like at the end of next year. I don't remember exactly when. Uh, and which was also a way to, for me, um, to start exploring it, uh, and at that time I was using a Windows machine, so it was also because couldn't use uh, React Native with iOS for sure, but with Android it was working. So, so the CN can yeah. So there was an opening basically to do this, to start exploring this um, this approach, um, and so uh, back in December I did the first proof of concept to just. Do to do MVC with React Native and Angular 2. And so it was kind of hacky, hard coding, a lot of hard coding things, but um, kind of it was showing that it was anyway possible to, to do it. Um, and so since, since the beginning of the year, I've been kind of pushing that forward to, to try to make it uh, more, um, yeah, something usable, uh, a, real, uh, a real library. Okay. I mean, I want to circle back to some of the motivations that you're talking about and actually comparing to some other options, but let's dive into a little bit of how it actually works. So can you give us kind of a rundown of what actually is happening? Because I think, I mean, we were talking before the show that chances are people that are listening probably either have React Native experience or have mm -hmm. either experience, but probably not both. Um, so maybe if you want to give us kind of a rundown of, like, what are you actually doing when you... Um, develop this and like how does it actually run in real time? Okay, so um, the first thing maybe to okay, so Angular two, you I guess you know it, um, <laughs> but so React Native is quite interesting because um, so the last week you had Ionic in the show, the week before you had Native Script people. Um, so React Native is quite close to Native Script in the in the. Um, let's say, philosophy or the architecture, which means that uh, with React Native, there is no uh, web view, there is no Cordova. It's really um, 
native applications. So it's and you've got uh, the application running in JavaScript uh, inside the JavaScript uh, VM uh, or thread. Um, and React Native comes with a, a bridge, basically, between this JavaScript world and the native world. Uh, and so, basically, the two worlds can communicate uh, back and forth. And so React Native comes with a kind of uh, some APIs which are uh, available in JavaScript, uh, which allows you uh, to create uh, elements, native elements, like button, label, um, switch, whatever. Uh, and so this, um, well, and these low-level APIs are exposed to um, in the JavaScript world. It doesn't mean you have to to use React or Angular 2 or whatever to use those APIs. You can just start a React Native project, use those very low-level API, and do your own and create your own application. So you can, thanks to those APIs, you can create elements, move elements in the tree, uh, you can update them and update their properties. Uh, you can listen to events on those elements. And um, so you basically have all those, uh, this very low-level uh, API, uh, which is available. Um, so this is about uh, manipulating elements, the uh, native elements. And then, uh, for sure, uh, React Native also exposes some, some more APIs where, from JavaScript, you can access um, like native features, uh, networking, geolocation, accessing the clipboard, uh, many things. Um, if you know Cordova, those kind of APIs are a bit like the, the Cordova plugins that you will find in, in Cordova that you will use to, to get access from JavaScript to the native features. So this is on one side. So this <coughs> so React Native comes with all the APIs so to manipulate elements and to access native features. And then on the other side, you've got Angular 2 with this um, architecture where you've got the renderer and, um, and the core of, of the applications, which are uh, which are completely well, which can be completely separated. So so the core part of Angular 2 is going to run. Uh, all the applications. So it, this includes chain detection, um, dependency injection, all the directives, the components, all the logic is going to live in this uh, in the core, uh, let's say, process. And uh, and this core thing is completely unaware of the rendering part. Just manipulate, uh, just run the logic. It knows that at some point it has to create elements or to update some. UI elements, but is completely uh, separated from the rendering part. It's so separated that you can uh, run the core application inside a web worker or a service worker and different thread and we communicate with the renderer, which is completely separated. And so <clears throat> basically, so to link Angular 2 and uh, React Native, so there's a need to have a special renderer, which is going to take those instructions coming from the application the renderer is kind of dumb. It just gets an instruction to create an element or to update an element or to, to, do, to perform these kind of actions uh, uh, on the rendering part. And by default, for example, uh, with Angular 2, you've got a DOM renderer, which is uh, going to create and manipulate uh, the, the nodes, uh, the DOM elements. And so um, by creating a special renderer for React Native, we can because on one side, we've got Angular 2, and uh, the 
the core part, which is going to send those instructions. On the other side, you've got the React Native APIs, where you can do those things. And so in the middle, um, yeah, the missing piece, the missing piece is, a, is a special renderer that, uh, that is going to take all those instructions and then call through this JavaScript API the React Native um, world so then, and create but, elements. So then if you created your own renderer, that means that more than likely um, you have your own bootstrap process as well, right, for React Native uh, in Angular 2 apps. Uh, yeah, so kind of you have to, through DI, you have to yeah, tell the Angular application to just bootstrap with a special renderer and uh, a few other things. But uh, yeah, basically, you need to have your own bootstrap, yes. So, oh, do, do you use the, the normal Angular bootstrap method and just yeah, pass it? Yeah, basically, it just, uh, just uh, like the special bootstrap is just an, just uh, kind of encapsulate the normal bootstrap from, from Angular 2, but just setting up a special renderer and a few special things, which are kind of overridden, or like not the default ones from, from Angular 2, but yeah, it's just Okay, just so, so just to recap where we are so far, uh, just so I kind of understand. So if I was to take, and, and this is just like my the way my brain works, and, and definitely correct me if I'm wrong, is like let's say I'm working on an Angular 2 web application. So like it's a normal Angular 2 web application. Mm -hmm. It sounds like the difference, like if I'm taking that and I'm making it at a React Native web, uh, Angular 2 application, what I'm doing is, number one, on the bootstrap side, like you said, I'm adding mm -hmm. those extra, the renderers that I'm passing into for yep. DI so that it uses those, right? And then in the actual components, it sounds like for the view layer you're using instead of like HTML, you're using like the React Native uh, view elements, right? Mm -hmm. And then um, for you have available the libraries, the React Native libraries, if you want to access the camera or anything like that, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. It, is there anything I'm missing there? No, <laughs> uh, no, no. Basically, it's uh, yeah, that's uh, that's that's the idea and uh, this uh, renderer, yes. So. So after that, one thing is that um, let's say this low-level API to create elements is not very user-friendly. Um, so as part of the renderer, what I'm also doing is creating a set of Angular 2 components, like normal components in Angular 2, which are uh, kind of wrapping uh, things uh, and making them easier for, for users. So each component has a clear set of inputs, a clear set of outputs and um, which can be documented, uh, and so it's it's easier to for developers to just use those components and to which means inside your template you're going to use uh, all those all those components, um, which um, yeah. So so they are special. They are not HTML uh, things. Uh, so for sure, you're not using div, or so you would be using a view instead, uh, and etc. So outside the view layer, it sounds like you should be able to reuse most of your code with other Angular 2 applications, even if it's just like a normal web application, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, basically because as a developer, then you you're going to write your own components and just reusing what's available. So basically, I would say that in most in many cases, it would be just as a user, you would just write the same component with a different template, which is doing different uh, yeah, with different 
elements inside, but uh, but for sure all the services and uh, everything else can be completely shared between two applications. So um, yeah, it would be exactly the same as if you're writing a, a single application and you want to target uh, mobile web and desktop web. So maybe you would write different, for the same component, you will have different templates. Or maybe in some cases, you want to have different flow or different routes, uh, these kind of things. But so, so yeah, so basically Android for with React Native would be another target, and uh, iOS with React Native would be um, yet another target. So are you able to use all of the React Native tooling? Because I, I know of, um, you gonna I don't do it as, as much, and maybe Michael or R, you can mention uh, any of the stuff that, that you're aware of, but uh, I know that the tooling side is what a lot of people like a lot, the development environment in React Native when you're using on the React side. Are you able to use all that same stuff for React Native Angular 2, or is there some things that don't work? Well, uh, so, so with the approach I have today, um, so basically, yes, um, because uh, with the approach I have today is that, um, well, uh, so an application is basically, or project is basically a React Native project. That's the same, same kind of project that we'll create with a React Native CLI uh, when you do React Native uh, init or don't remember exactly, maybe something like this. So, um, so one thing to to know is that React Native. Um, so you usually write your code uh, in CommonJS or ES6, and React Native comes with a packager which is going to take all this JavaScript code and package everything together in a single huge file, and then run it as part of the application inside this uh, JS uh, JavaScript VM. And so with uh, the approach I've taken with for Angular 2 with React Native is that, um, so just this code, uh, you just write your usual code, um, so maybe in TypeScript, and then you transform it into CommonJS and put it and give it as, a, as an input for the, um, uh, for the React Native project, basically. And so, which means that the packager is going to take this code, is going to take Angular 2 and all the dependencies of Angular 2 and do this big package and run it as the application. So which means that at the end of the day, uh, it's still a React Native project in which you just put some Angular 2 code. And so which means that all the tools, uh, the packaging, the bundling, uh, all the dev tools, so the uh, like uh, even the development mode in which you can just uh, do some live reload of the application, you can debug in Chrome. So all these things you can do them because at the end of the day, it's just uh, a special JavaScript uh, application which is running Angular 2, but it's still uh, still a React Native project. So yeah, I never really thought about it like that, but um, it's almost like you're saying that a, a React Native project is React by convention. Nothing else, because there's JavaScript that's sitting on top of uh, of their rendering engine, and the rendering engine is really the the glue that's keeping it all together. It's really the the innovative part, and the fact that most people out there are writing React on top of it is uh, just we're doing it because that's what Facebook tells us to do, not because there's any uh, a large technical boundary. They just built the component, uh, you know, the way to to bridge the gap to iOS and nothing else. 
So, so basically, yeah, if you look at uh, yeah, in React Native, um, so React Native comes also with a set of uh, React components that people are, are supposed to use uh, when writing their JSX and the application. So basically, with Angular 2, it's, it's a bit the same. You, you can build the same kind of components, but for, for Angular 2, and these components are going to render correctly using the, the renderer and the low-level APIs. So, <clears throat> but yes, so at the end of the day, yeah, it's a, it's a React Native project with all the tooling and advantages uh, of React Native. And, but inside it, the JavaScript part that you run is an Angular 2 application, which is fully packaged uh, altogether. Yeah, just kind of jump on what Michael had said. Uh, I guess I, I wasn't thinking about this before either, but I guess this is how I saw, um, I didn't really look dive into the details of it, but I saw on Twitter people were working on like Elm with React Native and CycleJS with React Native and some other stuff and probably taking like kind of a similar approach that you did, kind of just building on top of those core React Native APIs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you want to just do vanilla JavaScript uh, with React Native, you can. If you in your JavaScript, you just if you know the APIs, the low-level APIs, you can just write yourself the things. So then, if you run a framework which is using those things, uh, those APIs to, to do the rendering, uh, yeah. So I guess uh, anyone can can use them. This episode of Angular Air is sponsored by Angular Class. If you're looking to learn the latest and greatest in modern web development techniques, or you need Angular 2 training, then sign up today at angularclass.com. So I'm curious then, because I totally get why you would want to use, um, you know, a, a native, uh, something that's working correctly, uh, directly with native, uh, because you guys have some hybrid apps. Maybe you want some more performance and that type of thing, that whole native mm-hmm. versus hybrid debate, which we could maybe talk about that in a minute. But the thing I'm more curious about for initially here is, um, so native script is out as well, right? And mm-hmm. native script is very similar to React Native, uh, arguably more kind of weight behind um, the momentum of, of integration between the two. Uh, so... And I know what you're saying that you know it's because it's just an API that you could do anything on top of React Native, but like when you look at examples, when you like look at the community, um, it, it, most of the people are just doing React on top of React Native. So I guess looking at it now, you know, how would you compare what you're doing with a native script and Angular 2, and why do you think that somebody would choose one or the, over the other? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, to be honest, I really haven't studied. Um, uh, uh, I don't even have a, a, a look really at native scripts. Uh, I can't really say if one of them is much better than the other. Or, but the approach is very similar. Um, so one thing is that um, so I think native script is kind of um, exposing most of the most of the native worlds through the was thing like they were seeing the show like two weeks ago like they have this reflection system where which allows from JavaScript to access anything from native um, so that's diff- and that's something that react native doesn't do uh, 
I don't know why, <laughs> to be honest. But uh, that's that's one difference. Um, so I don't really know the, the APIs from NativeScript, so I can't tell about them. But uh, in React Native, what is being done is that um, the APIs which are exposed are kind of similar to what you get in JavaScript. So for example, um, you don't have to use a special API to use XHR. You just have the XHR object as you would do in your browser, or you can use uh, window.fetch, uh, for example, directly in React Native, so you don't have to think about it. Uh, you've got uh, request animation frame, for example, if you want to run animations. So, and so these things are so they're kind of uh, providing shims for, for all these uh, features. Uh, which have exactly the same API as the web, but which are behind the scene are using uh, native. Uh, so when you do XHR, it's actually going to native and, and doing sending a request from, from the native side. So after that, um, yeah, so the, maybe the philosophy of the approach is a bit different uh, in the way they expose the native world, but um, so then, uh, yeah, it's hard for me to, to say more about, about this. So, um, <clears throat> I have a question about. I, I always think it's interesting when um, looking at the like authors of frameworks and authors behind projects about like what what issues you can see might come up with your approach. I know that you have only a small a small data set of people who have actually used this, which is is you just you right now, or are you in um, a a small list of other developers, right? A short list. Uh, I was just curious, like, what what issues can you see coming up, or have you encountered that um, would prevent somebody from wanting to port the view layer of their application over to use Angular two and uh, in using JavaScript core or uh, uh, React Native in Angular two? Well, uh, so far, uh, so so. Yeah, so so far I don't see really big blocking points uh, when when it comes to building applications with Angular 2 and React Native. Um, for sure, uh, there could be some, if you want to build very complex applications, the fact that you've got this JavaScript thread, uh, um, which is so just one unique JavaScript thread uh, could be a kind of bottleneck for in terms of performance. Um, <clears throat> so maybe you cannot build any application with uh, with React Native, but I think most applications are <clears throat> can be built. So, um, so it seems so like that, uh, <clears throat> yeah. So another question that kind of comes up when talking about that is uh, it seems like this is a layer of abstraction on top of a layer of abstraction on top of a layer of abstraction. Like, um, would that, <laughs> uh, I don't know, three rungs away, it kind of like, kind of scares me. Um, is it, does it, can you get away from actually even needing to know React Native to write an Angular 2 app on React Native? In that, in the project, well, you don't really have to know React Native. <coughs> what you need to know, basically, as a user, you will need to know the set of components, Angular two components that you can use in your application. We use clear APIs and clear inputs and outputs. Um, 
And for sure, you will need to know, um, let's say, these APIs which are exposed by React Native to access the native features, like the camera, geolocation, and these kind of things. <clears throat> so they are documented, they exist. Um, that's all you, basically all you need to know uh, as a developer. Um, and because here the goal also <coughs> is really to be able to write and to use all the features of Angular 2. So for example, I was mentioning XHR. But, um, but basically, since uh, as part of the, of, the project, of the renderer, also my goal is also to, to let people use the Angular 2 HTTP module. So you don't have to learn something new. You just use Angular 2 HTTP. Uh, if you want to use a router, you can use a router too. You can, because even if there is no, you can just mock. <clears throat> so for sure, it's not a browser with a location that you can navigate, but you can mock that quite easily. And so, um, so as a user, basically, the goal is well, the goal for me is more like for uh, to bring to users um, an environment where they can use all of Angular too without really asking questions with a set of components which are for sure special because it's native world. Uh, for sure then it's tied to React Native in the way those components are, the styling you can apply on them. So this comes from React Native, it doesn't have to be implemented again. Um, and for sure there are those uh, extra APIs to accept to access native features that you need to, to use. But uh, at the end of the day, it should be, uh, yeah, it's quite, uh, don't have to, once you know Angular 2, I think it doesn't require too much to learn in, uh, on top of that to, to, to build those applications. Sort of along the lines of what Ari is asking with, you know, being an abstraction on top of abstraction, um, we have a Twitter question, which, by the way, if anyone listening does want to ask a question on Twitter, just tweet with the hashtag N-G-A-I-R, N-G-A-I-R. So Aaron Dayton uh, tweeted, does the use of Angular 2 in React Native have an impact on performance compared to pure React Native? Uh, that should be uh, measured, I guess. Uh, I haven't done that. So um, I don't think it's as big. Uh, it should be the same difference as when you do web and you run the same application, you write the same application in React or in Angular 2. So there's no like. I don't know. Uh, I don't know which one is faster. I guess there's no, uh, there isn't a one unique answer to that. It depends really on the scenario and on the application. But um, I don't think there's like a special uh, extra cost for running uh, for well, that for you to use Angular too. Yeah, you probably have to take detailed um, performance metrics if you haven't already to see like something like that, which I would guess wouldn't be that big of a difference like you're saying. But it would be interesting to see, just based off of the typical ways that Angular versus React handles like changes in the DOM, like uh, whereas Angular uses change detection and a lot of the stuff that's built into Angular 2 uh, versus React's approach with the virtual DOM and everything like that. Um, I mean, that's the whole debate between React and Angular on the web, right? I, I don't think that that debate is settled per se, but probably on mobile there are certain use cases where one shines versus the other. So I would imagine it's the type of thing that you have to kind of try it out for your particular use case and see what fits in. Uh, I think this is something that would be definitely interesting to, to measure. Uh, 
the same time, it has to be, so everything is quite uh, young. So React Native is quite young, Angular 2 is young, Render also. But um, so I think there is also room for, for improvement, for optimizations uh, in, all, in all layers. So, I'm wondering, too, if, if you thought while you were writing the renderer, if, it, uh, if you thought it might have been particularly difficult to write it coming from Angular 2, calling you know, something that they intended to be called from React. In other words, if you have to write that bridge, do you, was, it, was it normally hard because you had to think of it from an Angular 2 world to call something that was built from React? Well, because uh, no, low-level API is not really built for React, uh, or, I don't know, maybe it is, but uh, the low-level API is just about creating elements, uh, updating elements, moving elements in the, in the tree, deleting elements. Um, so it's really, really low-level, so <clears throat> it's really not a big effort to, to, to use that in, uh, with Angular 2. So because the renderer is kind of, you can, for sure it's a bit... Um, a bit, you know, uh, there's a bit of optimization in the renderer just to, 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 to avoid like going from JavaScript to native so many times because, um, but no, it's not, uh, there's no uh, extra work or complex logic to, to use those APIs. They're quite, um, they're low level enough so that it's a bit the same as you would uh, use uh, uh, in the document, uh, create a uh, create elements in the document uh, on the document. Or yeah, no, it's not complex. Uh, it's not complex logic here. Yeah, I was listening to Andre Stoltz on the React Native Radio podcast, talking about Cycle with React Native. And one thing he mentioned, which I think actually fits into the stuff that you're talking about, is that he thinks you know Cycle, which is like a reactive framework built on top of observables and RxJS that that fits in really well with React Native because of the way that the event loop between JavaScript and the native is like set up within React Native. And you could apply that same type of thinking to Angular if you are using kind of the reactive style with uh, observables in Angular 2, which actually brings up my next question. Like, what patterns are you using on, on the Angular 2 side for the apps you're building that seem to fit in well with using React Native? Well, uh, so I'm not really building apps now, but <laughs> no, I think uh, really um, I don't see a special. Well, at the end, yeah, you will. At the end of the day, you will you will be just writing a, a standard Angular two application. The only thing is that there will be a special renderer and special syntax, special elements in your, in, your, in your templates. So then if you want to use whatever approach for your data management, I don't see anything special related to, to the fact that you're, you're connecting to, to React Native. Um, you still, yeah, basically, yeah, I don't see, well, maybe there will be some things will will come up later, but uh, today I don't see really something which is really making a big difference uh, in this aspect. ThoughtRam. Extend your memory. Want to get up and running with the Angular framework, but don't have the time to read through all the documentation and tutorials on the internet? ThoughtRam's Angular Masterclass may be perfect for you. 
Check it out today at thoughtram.io forward slash training. So that totally, that brings, that's a really good segue to the question that I'm particularly excited about, which is uh, what advice, like if somebody today wanted to start writing with your project or start contributing, where, uh, how would they, and what, and what status is it at? Like when, when do you see, foresee yourself writing apps with it? Okay, so today um, it's still, uh, let's say, in the, in the development. Um, so one big reason behind it is that uh, I was just uh, able to start uh, working on the iOS side uh, quite recently. Um, but so I think that in a few, so first today you can just go on the, on the repo, clone it, uh, there is a, a sample application that you can start and you can play with it, so there's, there's no problem with that. Uh, it works just fine on Android. Um, and it's quite complete on Android. Uh, on iOS, it's more like, a, I, uh, for now, it's more like a Hello World uh, thing, but um, it should be moving forward uh, quite quickly. Uh, and then the, the goal is really to to have a kind of first release, alpha release, uh, in a few weeks or in a month, um, with uh, all the components available for Android, for iOS, um, have all this fully working, uh, documented, and to and publish in npm uh, so that uh, people can just start using it. Uh, and for sure, uh, I will be super happy to see people contributing or, uh, or getting feedback from, from users, uh, building actual applications. Um, I think, yeah, we uh, should get something quite stable, uh, or, well, at least enough to be, to be used. Uh, and then there will be uh, some more room for, for improvements. Uh, some optimizations, uh, looking at performances. Um, so in Angular 2, there will be, hopefully soon, uh, a big animation framework which is going to be done by Matthias. And so, so it will be interesting to see how we can translate this um, animation framework feature of Angular 2 into uh, native animations uh, with a good level of performance. Um, Yep. That's, yeah, super cool. We're getting near the top of the t uh, hour, so we have one Twitter question, and then I actually have one last question before our picks. So from Twitter, Aaron, uh, again, uh, with a question. So if I'm not wrong, you can use React Native components, core components, third-party components from React Native, uh, React Native components, sorry, in your component template. So basically, is it easy to pull in any of the various third-party React Native components into your template, or is there a, a different process that you use for that? Uh, this is something I have to, to explore, uh, for sure. Because um, the thing is that if you take a third-party component, so for sure there will be uh, some native code. Uh, there will be a need to kind of register it into React Native. And um, if you do React, there will be a React component that you will be using inside your application. And we're just going to use this, uh, go through this bridge and use the native code. 
so for sure, when using Angular tools, there will be, I guess, a need to to have a, an Angular two component, which is a, which will be equivalent to the um, React component, and which which is going to to use itself the the low level API. So. Because yeah, because basically a third-party component would be one more low-level API to access. I don't know, for example, MapView on Android, which is not part of React Native today. So if you want to to access it, you will need to. So this is something also to be to be explored uh, when used with with Angular too. Um, Maybe something that uh, you could build like a CLI plugin for with the Angular CLI. Yeah. After that, yeah. Uh, ultimately, it would be great to be able to to build. A uh, yeah, to write some kind of plugin for the Angular CLI so that you can start a project, import components, import third-party things, uh, build, bundle, uh, do whatever you need. Um, yeah, that's one thing, too. Okay, got it. Yeah, but you could do it today, but you're just saying you have to do some manual steps, basically, to set yeah. it up correctly. But this is something yeah, I still need to really explore, like uh, what it is to, what it means to you. Yeah, Import uh, third-party components into. Um, uh, yeah, after that, if the, uh, there could be also kind of Angular version, not an Angular version of com- a third-party component, but at least an Angular to interface to this. Uh, so hopes that hosts of uh, those third-party components will, will be coming up with, uh, ang- let's say, Angular to interface or directives in that case, components really for their own library, so gotcha. now, a lot of these components that you uh, that you pull, they're not just a native code piece, but they have a you know a front door, so to speak, that has uh, that's assumed to be React. You know, so if you look at their their files you download from npm, it, it assumes React uh, and it has a, a little bit of JavaScript on top of it. So it, it would it'd be unfortunate. It's like you have to fork it just just for that like uh, we have to see how, uh, yeah, we have to see what can be done to yeah, uh, have this Angular two front door also available for, for Angular two applications. Well, one thing I would suggest, by the way, is uh, it seems like the React Native Radio guys are pretty open to having people who are doing like different things, uh, like like you are. Uh, maybe if you get in there and, and sort of get in the soapbox to try to get. Plugin developers to support <laughs> Angular too, then uh, you could start that wave of uh, <laughs> innovation. Yeah, it would be nice to have uh, this kind of community move move to like expand React Native to to have more yeah, more users and more more components available, a bit with React or Angular too. Well, actually, but in all seriousness, probably it does sound like there's uh, more than just Angular 2, like like we were talking about a couple different frameworks that are trying to build on top of React Native, so it would make sense to try to encourage plugin developers to not tie it down to one thing like Michael's saying, like it has to be React Redux or whatever, but um, yeah, maybe there might not be too much you could do about it, but uh, it would be interesting to see at least. Okay. So I actually I do have one last question, and this may seem like a silly question, but it it sort of gives me a uh, a view into kind of like I guess your own like confidence in 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 what you're working on and that type of thing. So if you had to like look into a crystal ball, okay, three years from now, where Angular two is ru- ruling the universe, right, and 
if we could assume that uh, make, there's probably more than likely a million new frameworks that come on the scene to them, but let's say for the sake of argument that it's just like three main players uh, right now that are kind of you know with Ionic and uh, NativeScript and React Native. What percentage of Angular 2 developers that are building for mobile do you think are going to be uh, using kind of the React Native <laughs> approach? Well, uh, so, I don't know. Uh, I don't really have a crystal ball here with me, but... Uh, uh, the right answer is like 90% or something. <laughs> yeah, 95 or 99, I don't know. Uh, I think, yeah, um, well, each solution will be... Um, will address different problems, basically. I think uh, hybrid uh, is still great. It's great for to do some applications. Um, native script or React Native uh, will be great to do uh, many applications, most of applications, I would say, because when I look today on my, on my personal smartphone and the applications I'm using daily, I think most of them could be done uh, with React Native. Um, so for yeah, so that some of them will be maybe hard to do in terms of performance, or because they're very complex, they're very at very advanced animations or this kind of thing. So it might be more difficult, but I would say that most of the applications I'm using every day could be done with React Native, uh, be it Angular 2 or React. Uh, after that, so I think there's quite uh, and the fact that you can reuse uh, a lot of code between. Um, if you're going Angular 2, uh, you can reuse a lot of code between your iOS app, your Android app, uh, or your web. So the goal of React Native today, at least, is not to have write one single code and have it run everywhere. Because and we know that each platform has its own specificities. So there's still a need to to have those little differences. But if you can still reuse. Uh, number of code, um, you can reuse the same skills between the different platforms. Uh, I think that's really, that's a very interesting way. Uh, it's quite early today to say in terms of performance, in terms of adoption, uh, the third-party libraries, the coverage of so React Native today. So since I'm not using reflection, so you don't have everything from native available uh, in JavaScript. So that's also something which is but the coverage is increasing. After each release, after each release, there the release more components, there is more things. Um, they try to improve performances. Um, so, um, yeah, I think... It's a good uh, politician's answer, for sure. I'll, I'll, I'll put in the uh, show notes that you said 95%. That, that everybody okay. is going to be using this. So you're going to cut the other part of the, of the discussion, yeah. yeah. No, but uh, so if people do want to help and they do want to get involved, uh, you know, I already mentioned this a little bit earlier, but where where's where can they go to? Uh, so two days there's a report, so two days... Yeah, there would be a need to move the repo in a more, let's say, official place. So today it's more like uh, the GitHub repo. So you can still go there today, uh, play with it, and give feedback on, on what you see. Uh, it's still quite early. I'm hoping to have something more uh, usable in a few weeks so that and published properly so that we can really can really be used by by by, by developers. Uh, so that can provide feedback. After that, um, yeah, I think in terms of um, 
Yeah, but when it comes to documentation, finding all the little things to improve here and there, uh, making sure that uh, everything works fine on different devices, different uh, versions of iOS, versions of Android, uh, it's, we know there are many, many cases to be tested, validated, and um, I think what would be also super interesting is to get some feedback about the, the developer experience. Uh, so for sure, the tooling of React Native is great, but uh, so you were we were discussing about what it what you would take for for a developer who knows Angular two to to do an application with React Native. So what what needs to be learned, what needs to be understood. I think there also we can probably improve uh, things that uh, should be it should be yes really if you know Angular two you just have to learn that you have to use a bunch of components, so you've got a bunch of APIs that you can use, and, and uh, you use your usual router, your HTTP, your, your features, your, your project nodes, you do your ng4, your ng if, all these things are working, and you shouldn't be even asking yourself, it's just Angular 2, so you write Angular 2, and it's, it's, it's meant to be, to be working. Cool. Well, thanks, Mark, for coming on. Uh, let's get to our picks. And actually, uh, just a quick note that uh, next week we are going to have Julie Ralph on to talk about testing with Angular 2, a lot of great updates with Protractor and Karma and other testing tools that she's been working on. Uh, so definitely tune in to that. Uh, but for picks, let's get started with Ari. All right. Well, um, particularly appropriate with this episode of Angular Air, um, I... Uh, I am one of the core authors on ng-book and ng-book 2. And as of tomorrow, you guys are the first people to hear about this. Um, as of tomorrow, we are pre-releasing our React book. And our React book um, has a full chapter on React Native. And possibly, depending where we're at when we um, set that, when we start completing that, possibly we might be able to include um, other renderers. So, so maybe you'll have a chapter on React Native with Angular 2? That's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> it's possible. It's possible. No promises, but uh, definitely, this is definitely a very cool project. So anyway, um, this uh, it's not up yet. Um, the book, if uh, you are interested in grabbing the pre-release, um, it's at fullstackreact.com, and we'll put the link in the show notes. Great. Thanks, Ari. Uh, Michael, why don't you give us your picks? Sure. i got a couple of them. Uh, one is uh, Realm, which is a, a database that's been around for a while. It's a SQL-type database, but I think pretty recently uh, they started supporting uh, React Native. Uh, so it's, it's nice. I think a lot of times when you're building a, a React Native app or a mobile app, um, you know, you're storing some basic stuff in, in local storage. Uh, and I've been checking this out because it looks pretty cool as a, as a way to store a bit more data uh, and then pull that data out using SQL. Uh, and they've written a nice API for it into React Native that seems to be uh, seems to follow the right patterns there. So uh, it looks pretty cool. Um, and then the other one was uh, I saw a presentation uh, a week or so ago on somebody who took those Amazon uh, like the buttons that order tied for you. And uh, they figured out how to intercept it. So basically, you push the button, and you have a node app that uh, goes out, intercepts uh, the transmission to Amazon. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, you can kind of program it to do whatever you want. So they wrote a little NPM plugin for it. 
and uh, you can program it to do whatever. And uh, they wired it up so that a button that says "tied" on it uh, actually pushes their code to production. So, uh, pretty cool little proof of concept there for using what is a essentially free little thing from from Amazon and turn it into something cool. That is super cool. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Like so, I got a couple of for you guys. That's awesome. Uh, I have two quick picks. Uh, one is the Angular Usage Trends survey, survey that I just sent out. So I, I did a survey last year, had a couple thousand people enter. That was, that was great. We learned a lot of stuff about um, people that were starting to use Angular 2. Uh, this time around, I worked with the Angular core team to come up with a couple of really simple questions that um, will provide a lot of insight into the community, especially in terms of migrating to Angular 2. So if you have not already, definitely go to angular.io slash survey, angular.io slash survey. That has the, um, it's just two or three minutes to take, and it will help uh, everybody out, and you'll, you'll learn a lot in the end. And then the second pick is Pascal Preck's talk from NGNL called Change Detection Explained. He does a really good job of just in a very simple way going into Angular 2 change detection. Um, and I just thought that was a great talk. Uh, so uh, thanks to Pascal for putting that together. And I'll have a link in the show notes for um, that. All right, Mark, what, is, uh, what are your picks? Uh, so one for me, uh, so last week there was a uh, very interesting article, so we are speaking about React Native, so an article called React Native Scheduling by Andy Street from the React Native team, uh, where basically explains what the threading model of React Native today, um, what are, where are the bottlenecks that they have identified, and what kind of strategies they want to, to put in place to, to solve that the reason goal is that they want high responsiveness with um, so visible responses under 100 milliseconds. They want smoothness with uh, animations that should update consistently under every 16 milliseconds. And basically, the capability with this uh, new threading model to, to really provide developers a way to, to build uh, any UI. Um, the same way they would do it in pure native code. So, so uh, and first it was very interesting to, to, to read that uh, and to understand a bit more in details where React Native is working and also it's great to see that uh, it will be even better. So we can just cheer them uh, to, to do all these things uh, that they want to do. I can send you the link probably. Great. No problem. Thanks, Mark. I really appreciate it. Thank you for coming on. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Ari. Get Ari's book, for sure. Order. Uh, and yes. Tomorrow. Tomorrow, not today. Tomorrow. And uh, we'll see everybody next week for our discussion with Julie Ralph on testing. See you later. Okay. Thank you. Bye.